The Pinball Network is online. Launching The Pinball Show. Midweek edition. Pinball is a game of skill. For some, it's a passion and a lifestyle. It's time for the Pinball Show. It's pinball with personality. Oh boy! And what a week we've got going on, and what a time it is in pinball this month. But before we get into that, I just want to thank you for listening. And this is the Pinball Show, of course, midweek edition, and I am your host, Craig Bobby. So much stuff going on in the pinball world. It's an exciting time. I I love this time of year because clearly all the manufacturers are ramping things up, trying to get their stuff out before the Christmas holiday season. And it's go time, everybody. If you are loving these machines, this is the time. Lots of hype, lots of reveals. I always think September, once Labor Day's finished, it's like, it's kind of like New Year, you know? People are going back to work, people are going back to school, and it's and it's sort of like the, the working New Year again, you know? Finally, the kids get out of the house. I mean, some of the kids, depending on where you're at in the world, of course, not everybody going taking back the the school option as many children will be uh, doing the virtual route, whether they're in grade school or high school or university. So a time of change for sure, but hopefully one of some optimism and uh, our fingers crossed that things continue in the right way with regards to fighting this virus. But enough of all that. Let's talk about some exciting things that are happening in the world of pinball, including part three of my new inbox journey, What to Buy. So let's get going, everyone. Warning. The following video contains strong language, which may be offensive to some viewers or inappropriate for children. The content within this video is intended for mature audiences only. You and your mom are hillbillies. This is a house of learned doctors. You're not a doctor. You're a big, fat, curly-headed fuck. Before I get into what's happening on the manufacturing side, I was just on the um, This Week in Pinball website and noticed they had an article up recently interviewing Tim Arnold, who is the owner of the Pinball Hall of Fame in Las Vegas. And if you go to the article, you'll see that they are, in fact, building a new location that they have been promising their patrons for some time. That promise looks like it is now moving forward after, uh, I'm sure, them saving their shekels for a number of years. And it turns out they recently bought a plot of land just off the strip in Vegas and uh, are now have now actually officially broken ground on that land. And you can see the walls going up and wow, what a building they are putting up. It strikes me these guys are such brave souls and hats off to them. In a time when operators and business owners of pinball machines and barcades are closing doors left, right, and center all over the world, here these guys are going the exact opposite way. They're building a bigger palace than they had before, or bigger Hall of Fame, I guess. Um, when you look at it, you, you can't almost believe the size of the thing that they are building, but it's 
Vegas and go big or go home time. So pretty exciting and uh, and certainly will be a fun place to visit once that place gets built. And they're going to be just off the strip. So it will be very walkable from all the major hotels along the main strip of Vegas, which I don't believe was the case from the previous one. I, I believe it was a short cab ride, uh, but not a great walk from the strip. Uh, but now that will certainly be more accessible. So hopefully they get some more patrons and some more interest and they keep that pinball party rocking. This guy deserves a party. So on the manufacturing side, we had some more teasers from Jersey Jack on their Facebook page as they continue to ramp up production with the promises of um, more teasers and hopefully some more reveals this month. We shall wait and see for that. And on the Stern side, we were given the first official stream of their new Avengers Infinity Quest. So typically when a game is announced, there is some sort of teaser or trailer that the companies put out to show the game and how it's working pre-made video oftentimes the developers playing it in the case of stern and these are generally done very well in addition to that they also put a lot of high-res images on their website and there's also a fact sheet which basically has all the specs of all the trim levels as well as all the pricing points this is all done typically very very well and all the manufacturers generally do a pretty good job of this i think where things go a little off the rails or a little sideways is fans typically say oh we want to see more and then the manufacturer goes oh shit well i guess we should show it to them live and that's when the stream format comes in i think this is where most manufacturers make their biggest mistakes when they are showcasing or revealing quote unquote a new title now, I'm not going to get into a lot of detail with this because I think Travis Murray, who does his Marv Loco uh, YouTube channel, and he does a podcast called A Pinball Podcast, has done an excellent job, I think, in highlighting all of the perils and problems with the format that is typically done these days in these live reveal streams. So I will, I will direct you to him for further detail, and I highly recommend you check out his YouTube channel and his podcast in general because he has a lot of excellent things about to say about the hobby. He's very well-spoken and well-thought-out in the things that he has to say. But anyway, Travis is definitely worth checking out. The only thing I will say in addition to that is the problem with a reveal live stream is it's really the first time that new potential buyers can see the game in action beyond the trailers. So maybe they're seeing more animations, now they're really seeing ball flow. And the problem is, is when you get to the rule set, because these new games are typically so complex, they can be confusing, especially to new potential buyers or hobbyists or collectors that aren't as familiar with how these new titles work and the way the code works, et cetera, et cetera. Even experienced people have a hard time following it depending on the quality of the stream or how it's being presented. So I think this is where manufacturers are stumbling a little bit in this regard. And it's not the fault of any individual that's a part of that stream, certainly not part of the streamer uh, themselves. There's a lot of technical things that can go right or go wrong with those streams as well. And and they fall prey to those quite often. So it's tar it's not the best way to project a brand new title to the public, in my opinion. And in addition to that, in these streams, there is typically a chat 
that's going on as well. And so you get every manner of person chiming in with their opinion about what's right or wrong with the game. Sometimes they're accurate, sometimes they're not, because everyone's seeing the game for the first time. And again, from a manufacturer's perspective, I'm not sure that makes 100% um, sense to go with that type of format. I'm sure they look at particular streamers with their followers and their influences and they want to camp in on that and I believe there's a way to do that but formalizing that reveal a little bit more. Certainly that streamer or influencer can be a part of those reveals. I just think it's the format itself that needs to be changed. So anyway, I won't belabor that point anymore because like I said, Travis has done an excellent job in highlighting the uh, the pros and cons of uh, not doing it better. This is what you have to navigate through as a new inbox buyer. This is a part of a larger puzzle that you're trying to put together, which is to understand what you think about a particular title, its art, its gameplay, prior to making your purchase. So it's one piece of a larger puzzle. And you know once you get better at understanding games, these games in general, that pe this might be the, the piece that you base your purchase on, which is why there's been so much discussion around these reveals lately, because they are extremely important to potential buyers, many of whom will base their purchasing decision solely on what they are seeing on these reveals. I'm not saying that's necessarily the best way to, do, to go about it, but many people or people that are on the fence about a purchase will often make their decision based on these reveals. So very important to the potential buyer and very important to the manufacturer who's showcasing these titles. But I would caution that oftentimes you need a little bit more information to put it all together just so that you're 100% confident about what you're going to get once you plunk down the big Quan. And so just to bring it full circle again, from a new inbox buyer's perspective, this is the time that you are being lured to try and make your purchasing decision based on the trailer and typically the reveal stream. They are trying to lure you in and lock up those dollars. And you want to think as a hobbyist or someone that's been in the hobby for a little while, that you're seeing pretty much everything you need to see in order to make that decision. Ideally, you would be playing the game yourself to get the best idea of how a title is going to perform or how it's going to feel. Oftentimes, though, you don't either have the time because there's a limited supply or you don't have the patience. And this is the hardest part in the hobby of pinball is having the patience to sometimes wait until you can find a game in the wild and play it before making your ultimate buying decision. That's a tough one though. And a lot of people have trouble with that. Hey, myself included. But let's talk about one of the main topics of this particular episode in part three of my what to buy a new inbox journey. So there I am, like I was saying to you in the end of part two, we were on the last day of our camping trip and I had it in my mind that when I got back to the city, I was going to plunk down my deposit on a TMNT Pro. And then my chat stream started lighting up from the correspondence, various people I chat with and the YouTube streams that I subscribe to saying there was a new stern teaser for an Avengers title. And my first thought was, fuck, they've already done an Avengers. What are they doing? And then I thought, 
oh, I wonder if this is a home pin. And certainly that was one of the early rumors of that title when it was announced was, could it be, even though Keith Ellen was associated with it, could it be that it was a home pin version of an Avengers title they had previously released? Not a bad assumption, but I think very quickly that rumor was put to rest. And to Stern's credit, they very shortly afterwards, I believe it was the next couple of days afterwards, released a full trailer video on their website and on various YouTube streams of the actual game trailer. Uh, showing gameplay and showing Keith Elwin, of course, playing the game. But as soon as I heard that there was a potential Avengers title out there, and I thought, okay, I got to learn more about this because I'm a huge comic book fan. I cannot, like I was saying, in good conscience to myself, go in on this TMNT, even though I had a very fun time playing it. And I think it's, an, like I was saying again, an excellent, excellent title by John Borg, probably one of his strongest, I think. Certainly, you no know, offense to Munsters fans, I thought it was superior to Munsters in, the, in its design, for sure. Theme, again, debatable, but theme's always debatable, and I think that's always left up to the to the critic. But Anyway, I thought, I can't keep going here without watching this, and, and so I waited. And that was a tough couple of days. I thought, oh, man, what are you doing? Why are you waiting? It's going to be a home pin. It's, you know, all the doubts start to creep in. What, you know, but then I thought, okay, just take it. You've come this far, like I said. Just take your time. All right. So I watch it. Wow. I was completely blown away by that teaser video with Keith Owen playing it, confirming that, in fact, this was not a home pin, but this was a brand new title based on the comic book series with Thanos as the main villain. And I was actually relieved that they went the comic book direction because one, I think it was be- it was perfectly suited for a zombie Yeti. And I'm sure that was part of their decision-making process. And who knows? I mean, they might not have had the license for the movies and that offers up its own set of complications as other people have, uh, have discussed on other podcasts uh, in terms of, I'm sure, securing those licenses and all the assets. So I can only assume that it gave Stern a little more leeway, both for the artist and for themselves to go their own direction in terms of a a storyline modified from the comics, uh, similar to what they've done with other licenses like Jurassic Park, and created their own sort of storyline based on those characters. I actually loved seeing all of those Marvel characters pulled from the comics versus from the movies, even though those movies are kick-ass, and I I certainly have enjoyed all of those Marvel movies leading up to Infinity War and Avengers Endgame. I thought those were awesome, awesome movies. But I was kind of relieved that they didn't go that route because I grew up with all of these characters, and I love the fact that Zombie Yeti pulled from the Marvel archives and so you get to see Vision in his comic book outfit and Black Panther of course and Captain Marvel, Captain America and all the other Avengers that have been from Wasp to Ant-Man to uh, you know Warlock to the whole the whole kit and caboodle. Loved seeing that. My early critique of the game was that Thanos 
you know, obviously it revolved around him, uh, but I thought, you know, the premium and LE translite was a bit Thanos heavy for my liking, including the side panel art. I was a little surprised that they, they went both for the, for the premium and LE that they had almost identical, if not totally identical art, and that I actually prefer the pro translite over the premium and LE. I think it's a more well-rounded character translite versus the emphasis being on Thanos with with some Avengers kind of sprinkled in around him. But that's just my personal preference. Beyond all of that, of course, when you looked at the game, I couldn't believe what I was actually seeing with the spinning disc that lifts up, revealing the, you know, the, the, the scoop into the subway with the Vok uh, on the other side, the light-up Thanos glove with the Infinity Gems, the inverted ramp and the th- and the three flippers i mean th- that seem to be reachable and you know it seems like all three of those ramps are reachable by that flip that, that third flipper it just seems like they put in a lot of fucking stuff into this title so combine that with the art i was like jesus christ it was like a bolt of lightning hit me and i was like well fuck i'm completely fucked you know in one sand i'm thinking well shit now i gotta go back to the fucking drawing board i was all set to go here with tmnt and i'm like <laughs> I got to see more on this game, but did I need to see more? So I poured over the specs, and the more I started looking at the specs, the more I started thinking, you know what, I, I really like this game. I like everything they've put into it. I like all the features. You can clearly see they were trying to steer people, I think, in my opinion, into that premium category this time. I'm I'm going to say it was probably a, a, a strategic marketing move on their part, but at least at the mid-level, you were getting... A ton of mechs versus the pro and not all pros and i'm going to say tmnt is an example where you can really look to that premium and go "Mm, there's a there's a ton more stuff in here versus the pro model so it's definitely worth it in this one i thought okay a lot more mechanisms and features on the premium versus the pro i'm starting to think that that trim level is the way to go on this one here is the my only nagging doubt about that in previous releases, there often becomes some complications on the mechanism side, and we've seen it with every manufacturer, where some of these mechs, they, they have problems early on. So in the back of my head, I'm thinking, mm, I, I wonder though if the premium's the way to go because you open yourself up to, yeah, there's more stuff, but there's also more room for problems. And certainly if you go onto the net and look at TMNT, there has been reported cases of folks having problems with their premium and LE TMNTs. I'm not saying that's widespread. And early on in these runs, I'm seeing that oftentimes there are problems that the manufacturer irons out with all the titles. It's probably a smart idea to hang out for a bit as most of these titles get made for multiple years through Stern. And so there's a lot of time for them to get things going and get things perfected. However, If you are interested in purchasing a title, good luck waiting for three fucking years while you want to buy the title of your dreams. I mean, good luck. It's hard enough waiting for two or three months after you plunk down your deposit, let alone waiting for multiple years trying to figure out when the best time to get in on a production cycle that you actually have no clue of when the right time to do it is. And I can guarantee with all of these titles released, historically there have been issues with every single one of them and it doesn't matter the manufacturer they all have problems and 
like I'd said in previous episodes, by and large, things get worked out. Fingers crossed. I mean, you can't say, and everyone says, oh, no, Jersey Jacks makes better machines. Oh, no, Stern always makes... I, I would argue that they all have problems and that these machines are extremely complicated devices, and so they're bound to have problems. Now, I know there have been playfield issues and people will bang their fists saying there has been price increases where the, where the quality hasn't kept up. That's an argument for another day. Haven't been around the hobby long enough to know. It wouldn't surprise me at times if that if that's the case. But what are you gonna do? What are you gonna do? Are you gonna say I'm not buying another fucking game? Well, great. Then then don't buy new games. You know, buy buy older games or games that have been around for five or ten years. I would argue they also can potentially have issues when you buy an older game, and that's the trade-off you're making. You're taking new inbox issues versus used game issues, and and you can make that argument about almost anything you buy, cars, computers, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So it's kind of like pick your poison and hope for the best. And hopefully, again, the manufacturers live up to their quality promises and do the right thing on the customer service side when issues come up. I'd also say that the community, to everyone's credit, is very good about documenting issues so that when you do come across a problem, nine times out of 10, someone's already had it and they've got a fix waiting for you. You know, so there is a lot of benefit in in websites like Pinside, and there's other ones out there as well, to finding out problems with machines and getting to good fixes for those issues. So I think that's where the community really shines when these things are documented, uh, either through YouTube or on um, various chats and, uh, and websites. This house is a fucking prison on planet bullshit! In the galaxy of this sucks camel dicks! But let's get back to, again, my opinion on this particular title. Damn it, didn't I start sweating as I'm pouring over this, all these specs, and I'm thinking, I gotta fucking buy this thing. I, I can't I can't buy TMNT. I, I don't even... The Turtles are okay, but I don't love Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I love the gameplay, and for some people, that's enough. And certainly, if I saw that at a location... I would play it many, many times, but to spend the big dollars on it and to have it in my home, it would not be my first choice. Now, I said last episode that in fact it was my first choice out of the titles that were available in the price point that I was looking at. And all of a sudden, I started looking at this Avengers title and I started to think, fucking hell, you know what this means, doesn't it? Now you're not just going to look at the pro you got to look at the premium because to me, the the premium had all the fun fucking toys. It had that Captain Marvel inverted ramp. It's got the fucking, you know, the Circus Voltaire-esque ramp that lifts up and the thing goes down into the fucking subway. I mean, you can't look at that title or that game and go, well, I'm not getting my money's worth on the premium. I, I started, I was like, fucking hell, now I got to spend even more money on this goddamn thing to get to get what I want. And so I thought, well, you know what that means that you're back to Yes, Jurassic Park Premium, which if you recall was my number two choice on my list for a potential new inbox title. I'd played it before. It was very good. I wasn't in love with the art. That was the biggest drawback that I found with that Jurassic Park, although it's not nearly as bad as it looks in some of the streams. And when that first game, when that game first came out and people were all over 
the art package on that game. When you see it in person, I actually find the playfield quite bright and well done, but it's not something again that you're drawn to. I'm gonna call it average. So it did the job, which is to provide some interest, but it wasn't Christopher Franchi or Zombie Yeti awesome. And certainly this game in the Avengers Infinity Quest, and I keep forgetting, I keep wanting to say Infinity War from the movies, of course, but in this game, the Avengers Infinity Quest, you look at that title and you go, wow, it's super bright, it's super packed, it's super comic book. I've heard criticism that it is too comic book-like, and Stern has certainly done a lot of comic book editions of games, Spider-Man, TMNT, Star Wars, Deadpool, the list goes on. They've definitely gone heavy into the world of comics. But when I look at these games and when I was at the distributor, I was looking at a Spider-Man with the comic book art. It looks fantastic. It really suits the world of pinball, I think, that particular style. And that's maybe only my opinion again. That is an artistic judgment. But I think personally, because pinball is so fun and comics are so fun and the art is generally fun, that it is a perfect style for this particular hobby. So I can see why they've gone with that a number of times because I'm sure it's selling and there's certainly a, a shitload of comic fans out there who love to play pinball. And who doesn't like to play pinball? But of course there are detractors who say that it's too kid-like or it's not to their taste because they want something a little more real world or of a different license or theme. Certainly Stern has gone to the comic well a number of times. So I get that and certainly comics aren't for everyone. But I do think that with Zombietti doing this, it is a particularly strong art package regardless of trim level. And I do prefer the Pro Translite. So what are you gonna do? You got a, a, a premium title that is loaded with mechs that you're starting to think is worth the money. And you've got a art package that is 99.9% .9 perfect, less the translate. I'm going to say if you get the premium and you really don't like that, that, that translate, you buy a fucking pro translate and slap it in there. I don't know if it's in your home. Who gives a fucking shit? I mean, that's, that's what I'm thinking of doing. Like, who cares? For a couple hundred bucks, you can fix that in 10 seconds flat. And, and the average person wouldn't even know. So I quickly dispelled my negative thoughts about that uh, as a reason not to, not to go in. So the question was, do I pony up the big one for the win? Or do I go back to Jurassic Park? with the moving T-Rex head, and again, another Keith Elwin design, brilliant game of the year in 2019. Holy Jesus! The choice is out there, and good ones to make. The other minor, minor consideration is GNR. Here's my doubts about GNR, and I'm not trying to disparage anyone who is waiting for this game. I have no clue if this is a possibility. My biggest worry with GNR, if I was waiting for a GNR was, could I get this game before Christmas? And that was one of my considerations for getting, trying to get a pinball machine right now was this could make a fantastic present for Christmas for the family. And I thought, mm, how many manufacturers can actually reveal a game and get it to you in two to three months? And I'm going to tell you only one, and that is Stern. Now, some people would say they're going too fast, there's quality issues, and this is part of the problem. But I would say it's not the fact that they're trying to rush these games out, it's that they can actually get them out. I'm going to say that if you see a reveal for GNR this month, a full reveal, I'm going to be a little skeptical that they can get that game out before Christmas. 
I hope I am completely wrong in that. But just based on their previous re releases, again, they got a new facility and they, they're changing things up, which is always a good sign. They're changing things up and they and they seem to be rolling those Willy Wonkas out the door. Toot sweet. So hopefully they got their shit together over there. But I'm going to say, based on the demand that's coming their way for this title, that you are going to be hard-pressed to get a, to get one of those games before Christmas unless you go all in on a CE and hope to hell they put that at the front of the line for their production run. They haven't done that in the past, so it's a total crapshoot. And it does seem like, based on what Zach and Dennis were talking about this week, that it's going to be a little bit of a crapshoot on this Avengers Infinity Quest as well because the demand, again, is so high. So, of course, what's happened is everyone's made the same conclusion that I'm making for the most part, which is, well, it's time to go for the premium because it's loaded with features and it's going to be worth it. So they get the majority of people going in on their premium. I can only assume that based on what Zach is saying and based on other comments that I've heard, that the premium seems to be the way people are leaning. Of course, if they can't, if they don't want to go in all in on the LEs, which even if you wanted to go in on the LEs, they sold out instantly. And of course, the distributor up here confirmed that as well. As soon as the, 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 the teaser was revealed, they sold out immediately. So goodbye to LE. So what are you left with? You're left with a premium. It'll be interesting to see whether folks that went in on this premium early are going to get their titles by Christmas. And fingers crossed that, that Stern again comes through and they get they start getting titles out to those that want them to sweet but let's not forget they're backlogged on tmnt they're trying to do a run of batman 66 stern's facility is massive and if anyone can pump out a shitload of titles in a short period of time they can certainly do it but they got a lot on their plate covid is not completely gone everyone and so i'm sure they're slightly hampered on the supply chain side and potentially with uh, their own set of production issues that may be slowing them somewhat based on social distancing. I'm only surmising. I have no clue. I have not walked that Stern factory floor. So I can only assume and give them the benefit of the doubt that they are doing the best they can with a hand that the world has been dealt and all the manufacturers are doing that. So given that COVID is also in play here, that will hamper manufacturers' abilities to get things out in a time that they normally would. So when it comes to GNR, I wish them Godspeed and hopefully I'm completely wrong with that uh, with that worry. But certainly for me, when I was looking at to getting a title and because old GNR was not my dream theme, I was going to put that one on hold. So GNR still stayed out of my thinking. I'm extremely eager to see because Eric Minyard, of course, is uh, brilliant like Keith Elwin and a, certainly an up and coming designer who's just working on their second title and he's working hand in hand with Slash of course so I think it's going to be a very exciting title for them and they're going to get uh, they're going to sell a boatload of these games but it's going to take time and so everyone's going to have to be patient and I have no doubt that their demand that the demand for this game is going to stretch them for multiple years oh aren't these good problems to have if you're a pinball manufacturer and have a hot property or license or title at your fingertips back to the original question what to do well i tell you what you're gonna do you're gonna call up the distributor and you're gonna plunk your money down on the avengers premium
Well, and why wouldn't you? I mean, the art package was unbelievable. Done as close to my dream theme as I've seen in the last year and a half. And done by one of the greatest designers and pinball players of the modern era in Keith Owen. I mean, the team on that particular title is truly world-class. So, so how could I not? I mean, I was, that was it. That was it for me. I had officially arrived at the end of my new inbox journey, Avengers Assembled. I just had to play that theme again. Or had I fully arrived? I had placed my deposit on this machine, but of course, I've yet to receive it. And it's a secret because this title is going to be unveiled at Christmas if I can get it before then. So fingers crossed that the grand plan is going to come to fruition. Who the hell knows? I place my deposit and my faith in the good folks at Stern's hands, and we will see what Santa brings down the chimney this year. And as we know, the journey has just begun because a whole new world opens up once I get it and get it unboxed. So it'll be lots of fun talking about that as well once it arrives and my experiences with getting it out of the box and getting it assembled and getting it shooting right. So can't wait for that. But I think that's all for this week, and I want to thank all of you for listening and for coming along for this three-part journey with me so far. And I think next week, we're going to hear from Little Flipper. It's been a while since we've heard from her. I'm very interested to hear what she thinks of this new Avengers Infinity Quest pin. Hopefully she likes it. Or it could be a cold winter. Indeed. Thanks very much again. I'm Craig Bobby, catch you on the flip side.